Kimmer's Warehouse March Catalog Sale on now. Find David off hot water 110 mil now only 39.99. This is Super South with Joey Wheeler and Ricardo Ball on SENZ. It's just gone 7 o'clock here on SENZ. This is Super South. The Undertaker music, Joey Wheeler. Um, too early? Too early? Do you, do you expect the Highlanders Friday night to sit up, bolt up right in the coffin and take the game to the Crusaders? Well, there's only one way they can go, uh, Ricardo. Holy. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I knew it would be a tough task against a, a stacked Blues side, but I did not expect 60 points getting wrapped around the Highlanders at home, round one in front of um, what was a, a pretty rowdy and impressive crowd. Uh, yeah, a really disappointing um, first out sort of result for the, for the Landers, but I guess on the flip side, the Blues, super impressive. Uh, you know, you, you sometimes think when you've got 13 All Blacks that you might be a, a slow starter, but, geez, they came out of the blocks, didn't they? And they were super impressive. But, yeah, there'll be a lot of questions being asked in that in that Highlanders, um, Highlanders HQ this week and certainly wasn't the start to the Clark Dermody uh, coaching tenure that he would have wanted. Um, a lot of new coaches, a lot of new players, and, yeah, they they certainly didn't perform to the standard that um, is probably expected of a, of a Highlanders a Highlanders squad. So, yeah, pretty disappointing. Do you think that that was the best 15 he could have named, you know, without, I guess, Aaron Smith? Yeah, uh, bar Aaron Smith and Jonah Nariki, mm. that, that would be their strongest side. Yeah, I think their forwards, that, that, like we talked about last week, Ricardo, that, that was, I thought that was where they were going to have the edge over... Uh, the Blues, and they showed that in patches, I think. Like, their scrum performed really well. Their set-piece actually operated really well. And for that first 20 minutes, they were, you know, the Blues were trying to bully them through the middle of the field, and the Highlanders really fronted there, which, you know, for a Highlanders side, um, that they that's a little bit unusual. That, uh, you know, Highlanders sides in the past have probably been known for their mobility, their um, ability to get around the track pretty um, quickly smaller sort of athletes, but this Highlanders pack would be the biggest pack um, that I've seen in Highlanders um, history for some time. So that that became noticeable as the game wore on because I think they got a little bit tired, and that's where you know they made silly errors and in, in the wrong wrong parts of the field. And, and against a side like the Blues, they're just going to punish you. They've just got so many threats across the park, and they were they were ruthless in that area. Anything that they turned over. They turned into uh, to gold and, and and seven points, and they just did it with with um, such ease. It um, it sounds like a ridiculous thing to ask, Joey, but uh, were the Highlanders fit enough, or or is this some of the new law yeah. interpretation coming into play? Uh, good question, mate. Um, uh, a lot of people have been um, sort of screeching their their views to me over the last couple of days around the Highlanders' performance, and. I think there's some questions that 
have been asked around the fitness of that side. I know for a fact that they definitely will be fit enough. Simon Jones does a, a magnificent job, the head strength and conditioning trainer. Uh, they don't have, you know, they've only got three All Blacks in their squad. So, you know, though it's not a case of those, all, you know, a whole lot of All Blacks that are underdone. It's not that. I actually think it might be a case that maybe they're overtrained um, and uh, they might have run out of steam coming into that weekend because it certainly looked that looked that way um, in parts of that game because they just switched off. For, you know they were great for that first twenty, then switched off for ten, and that's when um, the Blues punished them. Then they came back into the game in the last the last ten minutes of that first half, or actually fifteen minutes of that first half because it just went on and on and on. So, you know, it's there. But it, they just have these massive switch switch offs, and that's where the Blues just absolutely punished them and hammered them in the weekend. And you you might have to question some of the attitude of some of the players, where you know that should never be questioned. But it looked like some of them, when it got tough, they probably didn't want to be there. They wanted to sort of dig a hole and, and get out of um, get out of Forsyth Bar Stadium pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean. Uh, you mentioned the size of the forward pack because I'm with you on that. I, I kind of looked at the the locking stocks of the Highlanders and went, "Hey, here's a real strength." And then conversely, looked at the Blues' locking stocks and thought, "Well, you know, they've got like three guys uh, who re- I think are really blindside flankers listed as locks." And one of them wasn't even uh, was actually listed as a Lucy going into the season, and that's Cameron Suafara. I don't think I've ever seen him play lock before, and he lined up at lock. So I, looking at that, I was like, well, "Might struggle in the tight here." Yeah. That, oh. Exactly, and I think, well, the, the, you saw the first scrum. The, the Highlanders like beat them over backwards, quite literally. And you know that's an impressive front row that they have. You know, Nipo Lalala and Ufatonga Fasi and Kurt Eklund. Like, there's a lot of experience there, and that Highlanders pack beat them over backwards. So that's no mean feat. Um, but you know that that probably you know the uh, flip side of that, they probably lost a little bit of mobility. I think. Putty Putty Parkinson is obviously underdone. Um, he hasn't had a lot of game time. Like he's played, I think, I don't know if he played both the preseason games. I think he played one out of the two. So that was his, you know, second game in probably a year. So there's a guy that, like I said last week, he might be 130, 140 kegs, a massive unit and a, a phenomenal talent, but probably a little bit undone in terms of his fitness. So that, he, he'll be all the better for that, and I think we'll see a better performance from him in Melbourne this weekend. Um, but, yeah, I think definitely the type five looked like that they were fatigued a little bit. I, I thought Ethan DeGroote, um, coming back from an All Blacks break, looked really good, got around the field really nicely. Reese Marshall was impressive in bits, but made some silly errors and some crucial errors. Um, one in particular, or two in particular, uh, they made, the Highlanders made a line break, about a 15-meter line break, offloaded to Reese. Uh, Reese was sort of carrying into the 22 and then tried to throw a speculator for for a miracle ball. Like That stuff doesn't need a... You take that out of the Highlanders game, they, they become a chance, build some phases, build some pressure. He missed the throw when uh, the Blues were down to uh, 14 men, uh, pretty regulation. The Highlanders went to a line-out after Suafua got uh, yellow-carded. He missed a pretty regulation throw to the middle of the line-out for what would have been a probable 
um, long try. So some crucial errors from some players that usually don't make those sort of errors and at, at crucial times that, again, was the downfall of that Highlander side on um, on Saturday night. You'll know uh, Clark Dermody better than I will and, and Dave Dillon uh, is, is going to join us a little, in a little bit and he'll know him even better. But uh, uh, what do you think was uh, the dressing room was like post-match and how many changes do you expect this week? Well, we were. I was in the changing room because we had our alumni, um, our alumni get together that weekend. So all the alumni were invited in, which was a little bit awkward because it's never nice going in after a forty-point hiding. No. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was a, it was a little bit awkward. But what I did notice was, you know, obvious disappointment from the players, which is firstly um, that was going to be um, pretty evident. Uh, but Clark's words. Um, were that you know he he wasn't doubting the effort. Obviously, the execution was lacking and some crucial errors. But what I do know about Clark is he's he's a pretty cool head. Um, you know, I've been coached luckily enough to be coached by him for for a long time, and he's he's seen a lot of um, Highlanders teams go like this through you know the ups and downs. And he'll keep a pretty cool head. Uh, I'm sure he'll trust he'll trust his process. I know that um, for him continuity of selection is the key to success and like I alluded to last week and have alluded to a lot of people this Highlanders side they're not blessed with uh, a ton of depth Ricardo so they don't have the ability to make wholesale changes there'll be some uh, obviously Aaron Smith coming back into um, selection I think I think he's back this week uh, he, he's an obvious starter I think you know, as good as Falau was uh, in parts, he still makes those silly errors and tries to do too much. So I think uh, Aaron will come in and, and start. Just that cool head, um, especially in pressure situations. The kicking game of the of the Highlanders was lacking a little bit in terms of turning that blue side around and being playing in the right areas of the field. His combination with obviously Mitch Hunt and driving uh, that really disciplined kicking game is going to be huge. And especially against the Crusaders, you need to be really accurate in that area. And I think that would allow Falau to come in maybe a little bit later on when the game's broken up. That's where it suits him best. My understanding is Ethan DeGroote's going to be having a, um, his all-black stand-down this week, so he's probably going to be missing, but they don't actually lose a hell of a lot. They've got a lot of experience, and Daniel Leonard-Brown, I expect him to come into the front row. So there's 105 uh, caps for the Highlanders coming in to the starting lineup. So, that, that, yeah, they lose an all-black, but you know Daniel Leonard-Brown is uh, a fantastic player in his own right. So there'll be a couple of changes, mate. Two, another one forced as well, Marina and Kaylee too. Uh, went off with broken ribs. So that's a massive loss for the Landers. Like that guy, they don't have many guys that can break the line. Like obviously Shannon Frizzell uh, is a phenomenal ball carrier, but they rely pretty heavily on him and Marino for the guys that can sort of create something out of nothing through the middle of the field or on the edge. Um, and so he, he's going to be a massive loss. Uh, obviously has been touted as potential to go to that next level. So, yeah, not having Marino there for uh, well, a significant period of time is going to be a massive loss for the, for the Landers, and especially against the Crusaders side that, yeah, got got smacked on the nose as well, took a bit of a, a telling from the Chiefs. So, and we know history will tell us that when the Crusaders lose, their backlash is usually pretty violent. So I'm expecting, um, yeah, a real another tough encounter for the Highlanders in Melbourne. I was going to ask you actually, as a as a died in the wall Highlanders man, did it 
Did it make that loss any easier seeing what had happened just up the road? Well, that's the I was going. Oh, this is the worst thing that can happen to the Landers from an Islanders perspective. It's always it seems to always be the way. You know, the, uh, a team has an off day, like especially the Crusaders. Generally, when the Highlanders were coming up to play them, they'd have an off night the night before, and you go, Nah, we're going to cop the backlash next week from these blokes. And then that's the last thing you need is another side stacked with All Blacks. Um, but yeah, that, that was um, I think. Yeah, there'll be a bit of worry, worry in that uh, Crusaders camp around that performance. They sort of lack that normal ruthless edge that we've be- become so accustomed to seeing. And I don't know what that's down to, but I think their forwards got outplayed. Um, their forwards might have got beaten up a little bit by that Chiefs side, and and uh, they, they did a great job in, in terms of their scouting for that game. They went away from, didn't allow them to go set piece to set piece, and and obviously played some tricky we like the, the quick tap from five meters out that was um a master stroke the bounce pass always catches everyone out but little things like that really threw the crusaders and uh i also think the maybe you know how much are they missing the influence of jason ryan in that in that squad like their forwards um yeah were a little bit looked a little bit underdone and 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 not quite that ruthless. They didn't have that ruthless sort of edge that we're we're so been so accustomed to seeing over their bloody six titles over the last six years. <laughs> <laughs> True, right? Oh, it's time for our uh, Super Rugby uh, Pacific Player of the Week. Uh, the DHL Super Rugby Pacific is back, Joey. I'll get two players from you. Give us yep. a Highlander. Who was the best performing Highlander week one? <laughs> Yeah, it was a tough one, tough one to go through. Oh, no, look, there were two guys for me that I thought really stood up. Um, I thought Billy Harmon was outstanding, the captain. He was into everything. Uh, I, I thought really unlucky, not unlucky in the end. I thought he was t- trying to tell Mitch Hunt to kick that conversion at the end for the razzle-dazzle back flick uh, to score that try right on uh, right on full time. But he was into everything, putting his head in dark places, making some massive shots on some big blues forwards um, throughout the game. Yeah, he was, he was immense. But the guy for me, uh, for the Highlanders, was Shannon Frizzell. Uh, he just he just looked like he has come back in phenomenal nick and um, made some massive carries, some massive defensive plays, and has put his hand up in what's going to be a massive year for that sixth jersey. Um, yeah, he, he was super impressive. So, yeah, Shannon Frizzell for me, for the, for the Highlanders, um, Ricardo, yeah, he's just, he looks like he's a man possessed this year and a man on a mission to, to really nail down that all-black number six jersey going into a World Cup. And what about your overall player of the week? Who was the standout player of the week for the round? Yeah, that was pretty obvious. I thought Mark Talia was just immense. The guy was into everything. Like He, he looked like he had beaten about a thousand defenders and we interviewed him after the game on Sky and he looked like he could go another 90 minutes with no no worries. Like The guy didn't even look tired. But I think at the 78th minute, he made a line break and Bet something like eight defenders, like staggering performance. And again, here's a guy that's first year in the All Blacks. Um, a lot, a lot of, a lot of guys struggle with that extended break that All Blacks get, and then come back into Super Rugby and sometimes look a little bit underdone. Mark Talia was something else. Like his performance was eye-catching. Um, yeah, just a, a phenomenal individual performance. And and 
both sides of the ball. Uh, I thought he was yeah quite brilliant. The other guy that I thought was outstanding was Damien McKenzie. Mm. Great to see him back in Super Rugby for one, but I just thought there's always question marks over Damien McKenzie in terms of his game control and his kicking game, but that was the point of difference against the Crusaders. Uh, his 50-22, his uh, control of the backfield, he, he did a fantastic job. So he's just going from strength to strength, and I just hope they keep him, and it looks like they will keep him in that 10 jersey because yeah, I think we're going to probably need him now that Bowden Barrett and Richie Bawanga are heading over to fill their pockets with yen. So yeah, yeah. Look, um, he he's, he he was super impressive as well. He was. Uh, there you go. That is your DHL Super Rugby Pacific uh, Player of the Week, and uh, that competition, of course, is back again this week in the Super Round in Melbourne. You can catch all the action live on Sky Sports. Uh, when we come back, Dave Dillon joins us. This is Super South on SENZ with the Chemist Warehouse, the ha- real house of. It's 7.20 here, thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances. This is Super South on SENZ, and joining us now from the Highlanders is defence coach uh, Dave Dillon. Uh, Welcome into the show, Dave. Uh, How's Melbourne? Are you there yet? Yeah, g'day, fellas. Uh, No, we fly up tomorrow morning, so just finished uh, day two training today and um, get on the bed tomorrow morning from Dunedin to Auckland and then head to Melbourne. G'day, Dave. Hope all is well, mate. Look forward to seeing you over in Melbourne. I tell you what, the weather's no good. You'd rather stay in Dunedin to get a suntan here, mate. But anyway, I digress. Uh, 60 points in the weekend at home, Dave. It would have been a tough week for the defensive coach for the Highlanders, I'd imagine. Yeah, no, it wasn't the, the greatest week and the greatest result. But, um, you know, in this competition, you got to get back on the horse pretty quick and been a good two days training and a bit of learning from um, from that Blues game and just, you know, moving forward into, um, you know, another very good side in the Crusaders. What went wrong uh, on the weekend, mate, and how do you fix it for this week against, obviously, a, a star-studded Crusaders side who, as we know, will be, you know, looking for blood, backlash? Yeah, well, I guess, you know, you can't give ball away cheaply at this level. And, you know, we did that a number of times uh, against the Blues and ended back un, uh, up un, under our sticks. So big focus for us will be, you know, in around being able to build some pressure and build some pressure both sides of the ball, to be fair. Uh, Dave, was there an element of, uh, I mean, watching it from home, it, it just seemed like everything the Blues did stuck. Was it a bit of an element of just uh, everything they did went right as well? I mean, it was like they, they had Velcro hands. Yeah, well, I think, I mean, rugby's a funny game, isn't it? Sometimes the bounce of the ball goes and sometimes it doesn't. But, you know, just going back to Joey's point with some, and what I raised there, some areas of the game where we need to be a lot better. And, you know, we've put some focus on that over these past two days of the short turnaround. Dave, what's, what's been the messaging to the team? Uh, like, what, what have you been saying and, and what sort of clips have you been showing around the defence to, to get that right for this week? Well, I think, as I was just saying before, some periods and some passages of the defence were, were good. You know, we were in there, um, particularly early on. And then, as I said, we, we either turned over ball or um, through various ways and we were back underneath our stick. So I guess for that, yeah, it was an element of, yep, sometimes the ball did bounce to them and, and stick in their hands. But, you know, we just got to be better. And there's some simple fixes around that ball retention and just working a little bit harder off the ball in defence. So... Some pretty clear and simple focuses for the boys. So working working hard on 
off the ball in defence? Was that the biggest message that came out of uh, that performance on Saturday? Yeah, I think at times it's around that. And then the other thing that I raised there, just in around making sure that we respect the ball when we've got it. I guess that's the thing, isn't it, uh, Dave? It's just like if you've got the pill, then they, they can't score, right? So it's about holding on and, 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 and treasuring the ball a bit more too. You know, it is a pretty simple game. And as I say, it, you know, as I say, a little bit more work off the ball and around that. But, you know, when we look back, there were periods where, you know, we were working bloody hard and we were getting some inroads. And then, you know, through one thing or another, we um, we turned the ball over and we backed down the other end. And, you know, we just got to be... Yeah, mate, so obviously flush the dunny uh, to use uh, Steve Hansen little uh, one-liner there of last week. You're, you've got to move on. How do you beat the Crusaders in Melbourne? Well, I think the Chiefs got a pretty, gave a pretty good blueprint last year. You know, we've got to be patient. Um, both sides of the ball, we've got to be prepared to absorb pressure and build pressure um, and just stay in the fight. Um, System-wise... In terms of like what you what you've implemented with the with the Highlanders this year, were you pretty happy with how the guys executed the defensive system? Yeah, I think. I mean, you've been around rugby a long time. I think from set piece and that, we're in pretty good shape. Like um, we're able to set early, we're able to get up, um, you know, work really hard, get those uh, double shoulders and a lot of contacts and that. So I was really pleased and around um, that space it's just um, and around like I talked about just when we haven't got the ball we get the ball back just around that reaction connection um, and basically working hard to stop them from getting underneath the sticks and give ourselves a position where we can get the ball back um, off them and play. How do you train um, you know transition defense so when a team um, when you turn it over and a team is counter-attacking that's obviously what everyone wants is unstructured um, play. How do, how do you train defence for that, mate? We well, can isolate it in and around, like the connection and off-pace stuff, as you would know, as I said, from your experience. And then, you know, it's just creating those situations at training when you've got the ball and then you don't have the ball. So how do you act? How do you connect? And um, how do you get a better better outcome? So we've just worked on that this week. Bear in mind, it, you know, it's only been a couple of days turn around and if you looked at the length of both those halves, the ball was in play for a long time and both sides made over 200 tackles. So um, she was a pretty big night at the office for um, both sides. So we just prioritised in the two days that we've had. We're on the plane tomorrow and um, just got a little bit of that in, really. In terms of individuals, who were you, who were you pretty happy with from uh, your Highlanders side on the weekend? I thought the tight five worked really hard. Um, and around the the, the um, breakdown in that area there, I thought there were some good performances, particularly from those guys. And I thought um, young Sean Withy that that come off the bench early on for uh, Marino acquitted himself really well. Got through a lot of work, was really busy, and it, it, it was reflected in um, when we looked at his game stats wise, and we looked at his games going through the clips as well. So that was pretty pretty exciting to see his effort. Marino obviously went off injured. Uh, can you give us an update on that? And also, are there going to be any other changes to your squad for, for this weekend? Yeah, well, the squad will come out later on the week. Um, a couple of changes in around force through injury. Oh, we're all friends here. We're all friends here, Dave. 
We're all friends here. You can let, you let it slip. We're all on the happy place. Um, I think we just watched that pace for that in around. Um, but just with Marino, you would have seen on the footage there, he is in a, quite a bit of discomfort. So he's um, got some rib cartilage damage, floating rib uh, cartilage damage. So it's um, still working out how long that will be. And, you know, just big ups to him. There was a passage of play there when he was down, when he first initially did it. And then it was a breach made from a turnover and he bounced back to his feet and made a tackle, you know. So, um, you know, while he was in pretty immense pain and saw him today. So the, those ribs take a little bit of time. So we'll just see what that looks like. Good stuff, Dave. Hey, listen, thanks very much for your time, mate. Really appreciate it. Go well and best of luck uh, in Melbourne this weekend, eh? No problem, fellas. Just great to talk to you. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, good stuff. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, yeah. mate. Yeah, I'll tell you what, uh, Dave, when he got when he got the call from the media manager, must have gone, oh, God, I don't want to talk to Joey and Ricardo <laughs> of all weeks. Why this week? Well, mate, you know, this is where you earn your money as a, as a defensive coach, right? Get 60 points put up here. You've got to, you've got to front up. But he didn't give us much, did he? No. Yeah, no yeah. I think, look, from them, I, yeah, attitude's a big thing, mate. Yeah, de- Defence is a team, uh, is, is the team part, but tackling is an attitude thing. And obviously, there was a little bit of attitude missing when it was turnover time. And I think that was pretty evident from his messages and, and from those questions, mate. Yeah, now you're in Melbourne uh, at the moment, Joey. Uh, yeah, you're you're here for the you're there for the weekend for Sky. Uh, I noticed Marshy stayed back home, so mind you, you probably be quite quite happy not to have uh, Crusader in your ear over there this weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and not having to worry about having to have a drink with him uh, after that that'll be nice. <laughs> not him chipping at me. Yeah, doing a bit of um, shooting a bit of content uh, over here for Sky this week with um, Melbourne tourism, mate. So went to the went to the fake uh, surf park today, me and Sean Maloney, and yeah, that was interesting. Uh, fair to say that this big carcass of mine struggled to get up on the board, Ricardo. But good fun, good fun, but. Yeah, mate, outstanding. Sounds like fun. All right, I look forward to seeing that content, mate. Go well and uh, have great calls this weekend. Eh? Enjoy it. Cheers, Ricardo. Thanks, mate. Go the Landers. Go the Landers. There you go. That is Super South for another week here on SENZ. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances. Up next, another big rig in the house, Carmo. Ian Jones, we're going to talk Chiefs Mana next.